One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, even those of us who do not like cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 252. And I think I'm going to call it... Um, limiting what comes into the house. Huh, we'll see. Anyway, so I'm answering a couple of listener questions today. And um, in it, there are two questions related to that and then one that's not related to that, but whatever. Anyway, so th- that's what I'm going to basically be talking about today. In case I'm super rambly, you know, all this stuff that's going on right now in March of 2020, you know, is a little overwhelming. <laughs> and I've had kind of a morning, but hey, I am recording a podcast. Let's see if I make any sense. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, Before I get started, though, I want to remind you that um, I do have books that are not super rambly and that had editors and everything who like made sure that everything all made sense. And I went back over it a million times and spent over a year writing it and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, those are available wherever books are sold. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash book. And that will give you my, uh, anyway, I'll have links to wherever those books are sold, which is everywhere in all the different formats. So they are how to manage your home without losing your mind. If you're feeling completely overwhelmed in your home right now, like, oh my word, I just don't know how it gets this bad all the time. And what is wrong with me? That's the one you need. Um, And then there's decluttering at the speed of life. Uh, If you're wanting to declutter, and you're feeling overwhelmed and paralyzed, that's the book for you. So anyway, there's no like one to start with, I'm just saying. But uh, those are available in audio form, ebook, you know, Kindle, Nook, all any paperback, whatever. Okay, before we get to the two questions that are more related to the actual title of the podcast, um, I did have one that came to me. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest, I have been meaning to do this podcast with answering questions for a while. And I had written out notes for it. And then I didn't save it. And my computer turned off. And I don't know which document it is. And I just don't have the energy right now to like do a major dig in my computer to find the automatically recovered blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, so this question is from memory. Um, also, I it's been so long that the questions I thought I was going to go back and check in my Instagram messages. Yeah, those do go away after a while. So anyway, this is one of the questions. And it was basically about the trip up issue of there being one or two dishes that need to soak um, when you are getting your dishes done at night. Now, to be clear, especially for those of you who are home all day and have weird schedules right now. Yes, I am. I mean, I have t-shirts that say do the dishes. Okay. I mean, like I am huge about doing the dishes, but the time of day is not actually the issue. Okay. Um, For me, it works best for me to do, to do them before I go to bed, put them away in the morning. Um, and then that way, you know, I can, it, it just keeps things running more smoothly. Not that things are running smoothly in my house right now, but whatever. Um, but 
that's not the like whatever time of day works best for you and you're going to only figure that out by doing your dishes and figuring out what works best in your home um so it's not so much an issue of nighttime but anyway it was at the question was what do i do when i can almost have the dishes done and yet i have one thing left to soak okay here's what i'm going to say about that um and, and this is one of those things where I don't have all the background and everything. And because I don't have the thing in front of me, I just remember this being one of the things I was going to talk about. So I don't actually have the what somebody wrote as their their question. I don't know if it was you, you or not. Okay, there's like, what, 20,000 of y'all that listen to each episode within the first week or two. And um, I just said, I don't know if it was you, which feels weird, but whatever. Anyway, um, I, I think this is an issue that a lot of us have. However, for me, this was an issue that I had before I was actually doing my dishes every day. Like it was a predicted issue for me. I assumed that would be one of the problems with doing my dishes. every. Okay, well, yeah, but what if I get them all done? And then I have something that has to soak. And so they're not technically all done. That was my type. It was a predictive trip up something that I was pretty sure would be an issue if I would do this every day. Okay. Um, here's what I have to say about it. Once I started doing my dishes every day, like literally every day, I found that I rarely had the need to soak things. Because a lot of times what I was soaking was something that had sat for a while, sat, set, sit, we know it's not sitted. But y'all, seriously, my brain's having issues. Anyway, that had been on the counter for a while. Let's let's say that, okay, that had been on the counter for a while, um, getting crustier and crustier. Okay. Once I started doing the dishes pretty much every night, you know, then it was only a couple of hours at the most after the pan had been used that I was washing it and things didn't, didn't need to be soaked as much. And the other thing too, is a lot of those dishes, um, and I'm not telling you which things to put in your dishwasher or not, because I put things in my dishwasher I'm not supposed to, and I just deal with the fact that they're not as pretty as they used to be. So I'm not going to tell you to do that because that's your business. But by doing the dishes every night, I generally have room. Now it's a little bit harder right now because in at the moment, we're using a lot of dishes. Okay, and I'm generally running my dishwasher twice a day. But or at least like an extra time every other day or something anyway, whatever. Um, like I said, things are not great right here right now. On that front. But when I was running my when I'm running my dishwasher every night, um, I generally have space in it for some of those bigger pots and pans. And here's the other thing, make sure you're using high quality dishwasher detergent if you're doing dishwasher. Okay. Um, If you're hand washing and you are sure that it needs to be soaked, let it soak at the beginning of your hand washing. Okay. And then by the end, most likely if you only used it an hour or two ago, 
most likely by the end of this round of washing the dishes, it's going to, you're going to be able to wash it pretty easily. Okay. To hand wash it. If you're using a dishwasher, I recommend that you get the tablets or pods. Okay. And I've explained this before. I think I had a podcast on getting the most out of your dishwasher. Um, this is something that I, as a super duper cheapskate used to not do, but when I went to the Maytag labs years ago, eight years ago now, goodness gracious, that's crazy. Um, or a long time ago, at least however long it's been. One of the things that they talked about was that because of different changes and what was allowed to be in dishwasher because of environmental type things, um, when they had, they had to remove one of the most common ingredients that they used to, um, to have in dishwashing detergents for dishwashers. And when they did that, um, was around the same time that pods and tablets and things like that started to be really popular. And so they started putting all of their science, all of their research into tablets and pods. And so that was, that's why those items are much more effective. Okay. So if you put a pot or a pan or something, and it's not getting that clean, check and see if you're, you're using the more expensive stuff. Cause I'm telling you, it's not that much more expensive. It's more expensive. Yes, but it's not that much more expensive. And it is so worth it to me to have my dishes get sparkly clean. Okay. Let's take a moment to talk about this episode's sponsor, better help. If you're finding that staying on top of your mental health is very challenging, check into BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online counseling that you can use from home. It allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor in a safe and private online environment so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though it is not a crisis line. Here's a big advantage. Through BetterHelp, you have access to broad expertise in the network so you can address your unique needs. You're not limited to what's available in your local area and the service is available for clients worldwide. And you can check out testimonials posted daily on their site. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who qualify. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash clean. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Okay, next question. I'm a super impulse shopper. I have to be really careful with sale shopping sprees. I know you said that this is talking about me, that you had the same type of problem with yard sales. How do you deal with the increased price of intentional purchases. For example, once in a while, I hit up stores after holidays and get toys that are at least 75% off. I can spend $100 and get enough toys for the year. At regular price, it would only be enough for one or two items. I don't know how to get the best deals while not going overboard. How did you cope with items for pennies at yard sales versus the prices after the yard sale break? Um, So I have another podcast on how to stop cluttering. And 
it basically is on this concept. So it might be another good thing for you to listen to at that point. Um, I mean, or whatever after this, I don't know. Like I said, random words coming out of my mouth today. Um, here, here's the thing for me, yard sales were my kryptonite. I mean, like I was obsessed with yard sales, loved them, planned out, had so much fun. I really, honestly, it was something I truly enjoyed doing. I enjoyed the hunt of going to yard sales, not knowing what I was going to find, getting shockingly amazing deals on all kinds of crazy stuff. That was, I I look back now And even though at the time I would have said that I was doing it to help my family, I look back now and I acknowledge that it was more about the hunt than it was about the deals. I was, it was much more about the thrill of finding stuff and getting great deals than it was about me actually needing these things that I was getting great deals on. Okay. So as I've changed now, you know, we do, my daughter and I went to some garage sales, uh, well, back a couple months ago before there weren't garage sales anymore. And, um, you know, we were specifically looking for an office chair. She wants an office chair for her room. And so I still will go, but it's when I need something specific. Now, the hard part about that is if you go to garage sales every single week, oh, you're going to find a lot of office chairs. You're going to find one this week, and then you're going to find an even better one the next week. And then the next week, you're going to be like, oh my word, this one has all the things that those other two didn't have. And it's only a $2 or whatever. And you're going to bring all this stuff into your house. That that was me. Okay. So did we find an office chair? No, we did not. Have we survived? Yes, we have. Okay. So and here, here's here's the thing. And I always hesitate when I'm answering questions because I don't want anybody to feel like, I am picking on them, but I want to make sure I under you understand that I'm coming from my own having had the same exact issue. Okay. You also know that I was a couponer when I, before I started the blog or when I very first started the blog. And so, yes, I was all about getting those deals, even when it wasn't at a garage sale, but shifting that perspective and realizing that I had too much stuff in my house. And that's where I have to say that If you are listening to a podcast about decluttering, and if you are sending an email to me, I feel like I should be safe to assume that clutter is an issue. Okay, which means, and the other thing when I answer these questions is, y'all, we all have these same issues. I mean, that's the thing I've learned over and over. So I'm not picking on any one person, but I'm saying most likely clutter is a struggle for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't even have sought out or found my podcast and blog and books and stuff. Okay. So, you know, cause I know people who are major bargain hunters and don't have cluttered houses. So obviously there's something different there. Okay. It's not the bargain hunting. What the real question here was, how can I stop from getting too much? So here's where the practical things come in. Um, going when you need to, even though it's tough. So maybe you you can still shop for sales at the time when you need something. They're not going to be as great of a sale as they were when it was 75% off. But often I have found I'm more able now because I don't 
get things ahead. I feel like I get things that are a little more personalized for my kids. Not that they're necessarily toy age anymore. They're not toy age anymore. Um, but I'm able to get things a little more personal than back when I would just grab, grab, grab anything that they might like. Okay. Because then the things that they might like would come into my house and make our house harder to manage. Okay. So it's kind of a win-win, even though they're not getting as much stuff, they're getting a little more like, okay, this is what they're into at this actual moment. So we, (laughs) we have my 16 year old. Oh my goodness. You guys, teenagers are really fun. Um, they really are. I love them. Like it's so much fun, but anything you thought you were getting away with when they were little, Oh, it's going to come back. Okay. And one of the things that my 16 year old brings up all the time, he's like, how did you convince me to ask for a tool set for Christmas? How did you convince me that I wanted a tool set for Christmas? And I was like, because I found it on sale. That's why I did it. Now, that's what I had to do when the kids were little because we didn't have a whole lot of money. But um, so there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is it's kind of nice now to be able to um, wait. And now it's hard now because we do have more money than my kids than we did when my kids were little. So I'm, I want to make sure that I'm not acting like, oh, just spend more money. It's no big deal. But at the same time, even back when I was shopping for sales, I was going against my grandpa's advice, which was always, it's not actually a great deal if you don't actually need it. Do you see what I'm saying? My husband just walked through the room. Hey, everybody. He waved. Okay. So now this all gets awkward. Okay. Anyway, so, um, but, but it's not, it's not actually saving money because even though, yes, I only spent $10 for what I might have you know, if I'd paid full price, I might've spent $400 for, I had a whole bunch of stuff and I didn't actually need it. So I would have saved even more money if I would have only gotten what I need, whatever. So how do you go about doing that? Well, the container concept. Okay. First of all, try to just shop for what you need, which is really hard. And I know that's difficult to say, um, but it, it comes down to the container concept. Okay. The container concept is this is the amount of space that I have in my home to store toys that are going to be given to my kids over the course of a year for their birthday, for Christmas, whatever. This is the amount of space that I have. That is your determining factor on how much you buy versus how much you can get for $100. Make sense? So ultimately, you know, that amount of space, this is the space we have, which means you go look at that space before you go hit that 75% off sale. You don't go to this, or if you get to the 75% off sale and you realize that you didn't look, then, um, you, you know, maybe you run home and look at it or you ask somebody who's allowed to look at that space, um, to take a picture of it or something and send it to you and say, so you can have a visual, realistic understanding of how much space do I have to store these things ahead of time? Because it is great. I mean, it's a great way to, make your life easier and save money and blah, 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 to go ahead and pre-buy while things are on sale. However, if you're struggling with clutter, it's likely 
that you're overdoing that, okay, which is what this email is about. So I understand that it's just it all comes down to that container concept. This is the amount of space that we have um, to do that. And maybe if you can't resist the sales to realize, okay, because I know my kids had way too many toys. I mean, it all kind of went together back when I was shopping at garage sales and couldn't believe that I was getting this $50 toy for $2. And so I was buying 20 of those $50 toys for $2 each. My kids at the same time had so many toys that our playroom was literally knee deep and couldn't even be played in. And their rooms were complete disasters. And so all that stuff kind of went together for us was this me overbuying because I was putting myself in situations where I was finding all these amazing deals on toys. And so I was stocking up on toys and then their spaces were disasters and we couldn't keep that under control. And it was very hard for me to stay under our clutter threshold, under the amount of stuff that we personally could keep under control easily. And that being unique to each child of what they personally could keep under control easily, all that went together at the same time. Me overbuying, them having more than they could handle. See what I'm saying? Okay. So um, the other thing too is to go ahead and declutter. Um, You know, right now, if you're listening to this in real time and um, April of 2020, did I say it was March earlier? Because I might have, who knows? Anyway, but if you're listening to this in real time, you can't go to these sales anyway, although you can do them online, but you know what I mean? Um, and you're decluttering instead, go ahead and declutter, declutter their toy area and be honest with yourself. As you declutter, be realistic about the money that you spent on this, even though it was a great deal. And what did it didn't get get used because that for me personally, was the very best way for me to get over spending money on sale items was decluttering and realizing, oh, yeah, that was $2 wasted. That was 50 cents wasted. And it made our home harder to live in. And it gave my kids more than they could handle, which was my fault. And you know, and with that, I started to change my mindset and go, maybe instead of 10 toys for $100, maybe it's actually better for me to have two toys for that $100 that I was going to spend anyway, or even best two toys for $20. So the decluttering will help to change your mindset. Um, So it all comes down to the container concept. It all comes down to clutter threshold and realizing realizing your clutter threshold by doing the decluttering and acknowledging which things you thought were going to be great and weren't. And that's going to change how you look at things. Even when they're a great deal, you're going to see things differently because you've decluttered so much stuff in your house. Okay. Um, let's see. Here's another question. Do you have any questions you use for new stuff that has just come into the house to decide whether it should stay? She doesn't mean intentional purchases, but like, for example, empty kitchen rolls for craft, I think that's paper towel rolls, um, or a pretty shaped box that something came in or nice wrapping paper that could be reused. Both of her children love to craft, but only intermittently, but they both love the idea of it. And so they always want to keep stuff like that. And she says, I kind of do too, because it's useful and school projects, etc. do come up. Is it a container concept thing? 
And the answer to that is yes. Okay, we're done. No, uh, but yes, it, it ultimately has to be a container concept thing. Meaning, you know, designate a space for craft projects. And then as things come in, they go in there. And when it's a designated space, it will trigger in your brain that it's completely full or almost completely full of empty paper towel rolls, okay? Or, you know, pretty boxes or something like that. Um, And when it's a contained space, a designated space, and a pretty box comes into the mail, I mean, comes in the mail, just recently, my daughter has been taking several really cool boxes that have come in the mail, and she's mod podging them and she's using them for something specific. Okay. And so I am more than happy for her to do that. The reality though, is we have boxes come in all the time. And so I'm not saving them for just in case I'm just saying, Oh, this one's cute. Do you want it? Or, you know, feel free to take any box that you see. But I let them go because I know that more are going to be coming in the future. But if you want to keep it, if you want to keep it in a space, it needs to be a designated space that you can afford to give to it. Okay, so the container concept is you have to fit your whole life within the space that you have to live, which means that, you know, it doesn't make sense for you to have an entire room dedicated to craft stuff. And then there's no place for the new baby to sleep. You know, unfortunately, as much as you may love craft stuff, the reality is the new baby needs a place to sleep. Okay, so that is how I had to change my thinking is is to go, oh, okay, well, prioritizing people first, people come first, we need the space to do the things and live and sleep and do the things that we need to do. And that takes top priority over storing things. But if you have the space to store it, and you want to keep these pretty boxes, um, then as you get a new box, and you think, oh, this is such a pretty box, you go take it to the space where you have designated that those are going to go. And you go, oh, wow, I have six other boxes that I've saved and we haven't even used yet. And so it may make you go, oh, yeah, I don't need to keep this one. Or you may say, I have six other boxes that I haven't used yet but I really like this new one that came in. And so then you just say, okay, what, what in here do I not like as much? Maybe you want to keep all the boxes, but there is 15 paper towel rolls and you can get rid of three of those to give room for this box or whatever. But it's that space for space concept of the container concept and it applies to everything. Okay. Or, you know, like I said, yeah, I had on here or use it right then. And that was what I was talking about with my daughter and using the boxes is we just kind of, as something comes in, we say, do you want to use this or not? Um, but yeah. And you know, you might decide my kids really like to use these repurpose things more than they like the set of really cool paints and paintbrushes that so-and-so bought them. You know, the paints and the paintbrushes sit there while the boxes and the paper towel rolls get used. So that means that the boxes and the paper towel rolls deserve space more than the paint or vice versa, whatever. Okay, I feel funny saying I hope this has been helpful. I think it maybe has been, but mostly I hope it's been comprehensible. I think that's a word. 
Okay, that's where I am today. I'm not even sure what words are words. Okay, uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.